Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or should I say lights, camera, action. Welcome to episode one of Sea Trade Cruise News and Trends, this time focusing on entertainment. I am Holly Payne, editor of video production and deputy editor of Sea Trade Cruise. And with me is Rachel Worley. Rachel. Hi, everyone. I'm Rachel Worley. I'm the Sea Trade Cruise Relationship Manager. So happy to be here with you all. And a drum roll, because joining us today is Ryan Starner. And Ryan, if you could please introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. My name is Ryan Stana. I am the global CEO of RWS Entertainment Group in New York City. Thanks, Ryan. So there is so much to talk about entertainment-wise that it is really difficult to even know where to start. I'm not sure if you guys agree, but I think that when we look at the intersection between entertainment and cruise, it's seeing really this blend, this this scope of the two coming together. So I'd really like to know, Ryan, why you think the intersection is so ripe for the two, the scope for fun and a wide variety of entertainment options on board? Sure. I think, Holly, at the end of the day, everyone wants choices today and wants to feel special. So it's important that we create diversified experiences for all ages, genders, and cultures. And the traveler is very diverse and they're wanting to be part of authentic experiences, allowing people an option is so important. One thing that we have executed on our side is our staffing models, where there's non-entertainment roles that are given theatrical training to create these authentic experiences, which keeps the experience going. And essentially, if you walk into a room that is a jungle, we have staff members that are there to greet and provide this authentic experience and welcome people into an environment and make them have fun. And it's sort of taking the model off of what Disney does and Universal is doing. And that has started to move over to the cruise industry and has become very successful. So I really think the main point of this is to provide a diversified experience for all ages. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. And, you know, you mentioned Universal and Disney and a lot of some of their products are land based. So for someone in our audience who's never cruised before, how would you describe to them the entertainment offering on board and really how that differentiates land based and how you're involved with that? Sure. I think when I first started in this industry, we were focused on land. We provided shows and experiences in theme parks and in resorts. And when I first started in the cruise industry, the first thing that was said to me by the executives was, we are not a theme park. <laughs> we are a cruise, cruise ship is very different. So I went into that with open mind and open eyes and an open heart being like, they are very different than a theme park. And at the end of the day, everybody, a cruise ship is a theme park. We have to have a guest journey from check-in to check out. Mm -hmm. It has to tell a story. The guest wants to be entertained from the minute they check in to the minute they check out. And what I think previously 10 years ago or 15 years ago in the cruise industry, it was about checking in, 
going to your room, go to dinner, go see a show. Now guests expect everything to be a show and everything to be immersive. I think that's such an interesting point that you've said there, Ryan, because increasingly we're seeing, you know, this augmented reality coming through. We're seeing the use of drones and even food and beverage mixed in with entertainment. I saw this fascinating story, actually, we posted recently about Cunard's new entertainment program where they have an operatic flash mob in the mix. But also what they're doing is a murder mystery dinner. So it focuses on the story of the world's most valuable diamond being transported to France. And they're having different events, performances in all different locations. What do you think about that, Ryan? Have you had experience of seeing these things? Is it something that you've delved into yourself with augmented reality or immersive dining, food and beverage? Yes, I, I have not been lucky enough to see Cunard's new product. Um, but that is something that is on the forefront of everything we do on our end. And it's all about immersing in the F&B elements into entertainment. So for example, on MSC Cruises, we did a program called Off the Record on the Rocks, where it was all rock and roll music that was tied to specific drinks on board. So the guests were fully immersed into that world of rock and roll music and had cocktails being made that fit that world as well. So that immersive nature is very, very important. Um, on P&O cruises, we're doing crafternoon tea, which is arts and crafts and tea elevated. Oh, how fun. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's all these different elements that are very, very important to the guest experience. And Holland America Line, which is a client of ours, has something called Music Walk. Music Walk is in the evening. You can walk down Music Walk and experience everything from classical music to blues music to dueling pianos to rock and roll. And it allows the guest to choose their own adventure. And just like the guests like to choose a cruise because of the ports that they're going to, we as entertainment specialists on board need to create entertainment programming that any guest will like and any guest can choose their own adventure. Wow, it sounds so exciting. And everything you're offering is just truly exhilarating. I can't wait to, to hear more and hopefully, you know, see, see this and amazing. Now, Rachel, am I right? in thinking that you have been on a few cruise ships recently and if you have could you describe some of the activities and how you've spent your days oh sure yeah the so the first one recently i went to was royal caribbean's wonder of the seas and if you want to talk about a cruise ship being a theme park, I mean, just look at that ship. The whole top of the ship is zip lines and pools and just really fun interactive activities as well. But really, I got super lucky because my room actually overlooked the aqua theater. 
And there they have performances every night. It's a large aquatic show and it's a beautiful performance. And some of these talented actors, just what they can do, it's, it's a major wow factor on board. So I'd have to say that was probably my favorite part and my favorite entertainment that was option that was on board that ship. And then I also recently went on Virgin Voyage's Scarlet Lady and I went to the dual reality show, which was essentially an acrobatic love story, which I love love stories in general, but it's just really cool. And as, as Ryan said, it's all about telling that story and keeping that audience enthused and, and engulfed in that story. And it was it was really fun and it really entertaining just what they could do now on board. Oh, absolutely. If memory serves correctly, I mean, I was dazzled by this as well. The um, performers sit in the audience, right, at the beginning, and they engage with the audience members, and then all of a sudden leap out of their seats. Absolutely, exactly. That's what they do with dual reality. So it was really fun. And it, it was immersive. Like I said, you become part of the story too. And it makes you more interested and engaged in the story when you're being a part of it. Now, on the other hand, I don't think they would um, have audience members be a part of the aquatic theater one jumping off some of the, the yeah, diving platforms they did. But but hey, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> It actually, some of them reminded me of some of the shows I've seen in Vegas, like the show O, which was an aquatic show too. So it's been interesting to see the, the, the trends they take from land and moving some of that to sea and making it kind of their own. And I think too, Holly and Rachel, one thing to think about is entertainment is just not anything with song or acting or dance. Entertainment is also fitness and well-being too. Fitness and well-being, I believe, is entertainment product. So gone are the days of just giving a basic yoga class. Right. Now you have to create your fitness and well-being classes and offerings to be entertainment as well. You know, there's offerings on land at some of our resorts called gin yoga. You do yoga as you do gin tastings. So that wow. those shoreside activities need to go at sea as well. And we need to focus on fitness and well-being, which is a major trendsetter in the market now. Well, that's the fitness class I certainly wouldn't mind being a part of. I think Rachel will join me. in. I'm, I'm right there with you, Holly. I never <laughs> tried goat yoga, but I'm, I'm, I'm down for gin yoga. Yeah, goat <laughs> yoga might be hard at sea, but I'm sure there'll be a cruise line that will try it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So speaking of just being on board for the cruise ships, Ryan, what's some of your favorite memories on board and what are your, some of your favorite entertainment initiatives that are taking place right now? When I think of memory, Holland America Line was our first client in cruising, which is almost 10 years ago now. And Bill Prince, who is the vice president of entertainment experience there, was really my mentor in learning the cruise industry. And we worked together to take Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts, which is here in New York City, which is one of the world's most predominant performing arts centers. And we did a licensing deal with Lincoln Center for the Performing Arts, where we brought classical music on stage on Holland America Cruise Lines. And I'll never forget that opening night about seven years ago, I was standing there with Bill Prince on my left-hand side and on my right-hand side was our chief creative officer, Craig Laurie, um, who created the program. 
and you watch something that was classical music that only had a small percentage of guests interested in classical music to what we created was Lincoln Center Stage took popular current day hits and arranged them with a classical flair. So that guy from Georgia that had his baseball cap backwards and probably not a classical music connoisseur walked past the room and heard a current day hit and said, what is that? And walked into the space and spent the rest of the evening listening and appreciating classical music. And for me, that is the amazing thing that we get to do as curators of entertainment is teach people different cultures, different music, different ways of life. And that's what we did that evening. And a room that was normally with 10 people in it was quickly a room of 120 people enjoying classical music and became one of the most popular programs in Holland American history. So that's one of my best memories. But as of now, the items that I'm looking at that we're rolling out at sea currently is on MSC Cruises Europa, World Europa, we have what is called Luna Park, which is an immersive dance experience um, that's happening nightly. So one of them, like Holly was speaking about on Cunard about finding the diamond, we have an experience like that where we are trying to find missing jewelry throughout the audience. So the audience is involved in trying to find that missing link and who stole the jewelry. Another item on MSC Cruises is on MSC Cruises Seascape, where we have taken an amusement park ride called the Kuka Arm and labeled it the Robotron. So what you do is if you're a guest, you can go on this amusement park ride, which is a motioning arm that takes you on jolting adventures, but you can choose the music that you want. So you can go up and say, I want this music. And you go on a ride with video content, taking you on an adventure. So those are two really exciting opportunities we have happening at MSC that I, I love seeing the guests get involved at and involved in right now. I want to go You're on so all excited. of this. I, yeah. I mean, it, and it really <laughs> speaks to what you said before is that the, the cruise lines are catering to all the different demographics and it's, but it's also introducing them to something new that they'd never thought that they would like before maybe. Yeah. And you have to remember people want to be part of the action. Right. We're, we're seeing that in New York city, you know, we work in the Broadway sector as well and gone are the days that people want to sit for two and a half hours and watch a show. So you have to figure out a way to change your entertainment offering so people feel part of it. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And one of the things that you had said about Ryan was with classical music. And I wonder if there's really some room there to explore something that could be, you know, delved into a bit deeper when it comes to cruise lines with MSC Group. Obviously, you were speaking about MSC Cruises, but MSC Group with Explorer Journeys. I know that they've partnered with Steinway and Sons, which is the piano maker, um, and will be, you know, presenting lots of musical pieces, pianists performing on board. It's something really new and quite niche. But, you know, I'm quite interested to know, Ryan, where you think some of the opportunities here have not yet been harnessed. Are there any other areas that you think that entertainment could go down? Any other routes that we haven't seen? 
I think where entertainment has not come to full effect on the cruise lines is in the F&B side of things and merchandise. Right. So I really believe those sectors need to understand that F&B and merchandise can be entertainment as well. And they're key to the experience. And we need to treat all of our staffing on board and think of them as performers. So gone are the days of just delivering your meal. Now you need to add an extra layer of experience, and that's really in your staffing. So the appropriate training of your staffing is also adding the entertainment value to your product. And I think that's where, where cruises are going to start to change their thinking wow. very shortly. And Ryan, how does this affect your performers? What I mean is, do they now have to be able to adapt and be um, a, a lot more able to perform and to sing and to do various different things as well as be, you know, very at one with the people, be able to chat quite easily with people? Is it more demanding now that they can meet these expectations? Actually, no, Holly. I actually think what it's more demanding is for the cruise line to decide what type of labor they want for what type of role. Mm -hmm. right. So if you want a dancer, gone are the days of hiring a dancer that is 50% a good dancer. Because of YouTube, because of social media, people are able at any second of the day to see the best dancer in the world or the best singer in the world or the best actor in the world. So you really need to focus, if you're a cruise line, you really need to focus on hiring from that niche and that market. Don't try to have them work in the library, dance on the stage, greet people as they're coming in. You're never going to find the quality that you want. So I think cruise lines need to focus on, okay, I'm hiring singers, I'm hiring dancers, I'm hiring actors. They are being paid to do just that. But then I'm hiring staffing performers that are focused on the staff experience, and they're good at doing just that. Gone are the days of trying to have them do everything in the kitchen sink, because people want authentic experiences, and the only way you're going to provide authentic experiences is hiring people that are the best in their craft. Yeah, definitely. And you're seeing that too. Speaking of actors, singers, you, we've really been seeing the growth of um, celebrities partnering with the cruise lines too, like J-Lo and Virgin Voyages, Katy Perry and Norwegian Cruise Line. So, I mean, Ryan, who would you like to see next that they could partner with? You know what? I'm I'm not a big fan of No. And <laughs> I, I, actually, I actually think it is smart if it's done right. So, for example, Holland American Line did a partnership with Oprah. It was very successful. You know why? Because Oprah actually came on board on select cruises. What is happening now, and I see it, is they partner with a legacy celebrity. And all they're doing is having that legacy celebrity do a commercial, slap their logo on a door, and call it a day. That is not an authentic experience. Mm -hmm. That is just getting people to purchase a cruise that's probably going to be upset that's thinking that X celebrity is going to be there, but they're not going to be there. So I think if it's done in a way that it's authentic and true to that 
brand that and brand, I mean, artist, I think it's a great idea. But if you're just using it to slap a name on something, I think it's a really poor execution. And again, people want that authentic experience and that is not authentic. Do you see anywhere else that they could partner then on board, maybe entertainment, food and beverage, right? We know that they partner with a lot of celebrity chefs for F&B and some of that makes sense, like you said, right? It's part of their brand. But do you foresee any, anything else in terms of celebrity partnerships? Sorry to cut you off, Rachel, but yeah, I think celebrity partnerships from a chef perspective, a fitness and well-being perspective, I think, but they need, that celebrity needs to be engaged in what is being developed on board. Absolutely. And that's what I think is important. And a guest now will know if that celebrity was engaged or not, because you will see it as something that they really like doing. It's not just they're making a paycheck and they have to do a social media post every two months. And you will find that engagement really on the celebrity stories that they tell on social media. Because if they're really involved in this cruise line, you will start seeing them authentically post about it. Well, Ryan, actually to that point, I will be really excited, really interested to find out what happens with Nicole Scherzinger and her partnership with P&O Cruises. Because as a big fan of the former Pussycat Dolls, I think it was <laughs> concert I ever went to see was of the Pussycat Dolls, I will say. She is going to be creating a music and dance extravaganza for P&O Cruises Arvia and Iona. So that will be very interesting to see. You know, she's very talented um, and of course she's also the godmother to Arvia. So it will be very interesting to see what, what comes of that and what she can put out there in terms of these spectacular performances. Yeah, and I think that is a great partnership because she probably has a creative drive in her that wants to create something and she will work hard to meet what PNL needs. And I think that is what makes these celebrity partnerships work. So I think we're all agreed that the entertainment sector is growing, its presence is growing, there's a lot more room to do creative things and it will be, you know, fascinating to see what comes next. And as you've explained, Ryan, you know, you're working on different um, you know, immersive experiences, lots of partnerships that are coming out where we will have to see where those go. Now, I can see that, you know, this is something at Sea Trade Cruise Global this year that we're really going to be exploring as well. And I do remember last year, Ryan, where um, attending your session where you were speaking about entertainment and how it was changing. And one of the things you had spoken about as well was this sense of inclusivity and diversity and how it's a real space to be able to do that. So I think this year at Sea Trade Cruise Global, you know, it will really be again looking at all the different ways that entertainment can really elevate the experiences. And as you've said, not just when it comes to dance, to performance, but also when it comes to well-being and health, all the things that you've mentioned. So it's amazing how performance has this 
innate ability to be able to reach so many people and to, you know, leave a lasting impact in a way that perhaps some other mediums can't do. For instance, as going back to the beginning where you were speaking, uh, Ryan, about beverages that match up with a certain theme or, or a performance. I mean, that's going to leave a lasting impression, right? For sure. Rachel? Do you have any news for us about some of the exhibitors this year that you can find at the show? I do. Yes, it's really exciting. We have a lot of great new exhibitors joining us this year at Sea Trade Cruise Global. Mac Rides will be there for the first time. So we're really excited to have them along with RCI Adventure Products, Radio Park, and Videlio, just to name a few. So we're really starting to see, as Ryan said, more entertainment growth within the cruise sector. Um, I know Ryan is a part of IAPA and we're also partners with them at Sea Trade. And so that partnership has really grown, I think, over the last few years as entertainment has become such a highlight on board cruise ships as well. Yeah. And to add to that, I think the content in the entertainment sector at Sea Trade, I will be biased, but I'm really excited for Mark Amos and Trevor Young session at Sea Trade, which fits along with all those vendors you just spoke about that's exhibiting. There's a session called It's Not Just for Theme Parks Anymore, How Technology is Shaping the Future of Onboard Experiences. So I think that will be a great session that follows along with those exhibitors as well on really talking about how media, they'll discuss how media and rides and the visitors' reactions come together when seeing these attractions go on board on the ships. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it'll be a fun show. So I know there's more information coming out about the sessions that you have going on. So and we can't wait to have you there as our entertainment ambassador once again this year. No, I'm very excited. Well, Holly, thanks so much again for really leading that call and helping to really articulate some of the questions from the entertainment industry. I think it was so fun to dive deep into the entertainment sector and really just see the growth of the transition from it not being a theme park to these cruise ships being such theme parks and entertainment centers at sea. So we're really excited for the new entertainment vendors that we're going to have at the show. We're hoping to have some fun activations and get people really immersed in the experiences at the show. Absolutely, Rachel. One of the key things that Ryan pointed out, which I didn't realize that went against my expectations and what I had thought it could mean, which is around the performers. So contrary to there being more pressure on the performers to be able to be able to do everything, to dance, to sing, to do all of these things. Actually, Ryan pointed out that the pressure was more on the cruise lines, that there was no compromise in being able to, you know, recruit talent that maybe cannot do many of these things or isn't perhaps, you know, at the top of their game. They really have to now start thinking about getting that really superior talent on board and that's a real eye-opener. Absolutely. The bar is set high, so to speak. But as you mentioned, we've got Sea Trade Cruise Global coming up. So March 27th to 30th at the Greater Fort Lauderdale Broward County Convention Centre. So we shall have to see all of the sessions, all of the, the different things that, you know, entertainment related that comes out of that event. 
It'll be fun. I can't wait to see you there, Holly. Get ready for some uh, Florida sunshine after the UK cold that's been hitting you. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait, Rachel. I can't wait. So thank you to everyone for listening. And we look forward to bringing you another Sea Trade Cruise Talks very soon. You can keep up with all of the different episodes by heading over to www.seatrade-cruise.com where you will find all of the previously Trade Cruise Talks episodes and more. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, everyone.